friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have such a great episode for you. But before I share that, I just wanted to let you know that in my email I just shared, I talk about that I, I hope this year that each of us will have the courage to go after our dreams, will pursue what lights us up and allows us to be more creative, will prioritize our wellness in our relationships and faith, and will be ready to step through new doors being open to us. So today's episode, my guest, she is a full-time nurse, but she also takes women to hike in the mountains. And her story is both um, vulnerable and honest, and she has so much insight and love to share. We talk about what's holding us back in life, why it's important to do things that challenge us. We're going to talk about unplugging, and we're going to talk about building community and making new friends as adults. We're going to talk about stepping through and struggling with grief. She lost her mother when she was 14 and so many other good things. I think every one of you can get something out of this episode. So I can't wait to, we are going to have so many good conversations this year. We are going to talk about stepping into an abundant life and business that God has called us into. For some of us, it might just be our lives. For some, it might be that we also are being prompted to uh, step into a business or ministry whatever it might be, because that really gives us a life of freedom, right? Flexibility around our families and being able to step into what our true purpose is. So I cannot wait for the season. We're going to have great guests. I'm going to have great information for you. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome my guest, Lauren Hostetler. She is the owner and founder of Mo Mountains, a business that takes women on backpacking trips. And what I love is that she is helping women come together and get them outside. And she's seen powerful things happen when they're on these trips. And I can't wait to share those stories with you. But when she's not backpacking with ladies, Lauren's the full-time nurse who's been in healthcare for 13 years. And she lives with her husband, Kirby, and two dogs, Willow and Titus, in beautiful Montana. And you guys, this conversation is going to be so good. I can't wait to share it with you because we're going to dig into all the things that might be holding us back in life. We're going to talk about building community and friendships. We're going to talk about the importance of getting in nature, about doing things that challenge us, you know, and stepping out of our comfort zone. And we're just going to talk about unplugging and why that's so important. So I want to welcome Lauren today. Welcome, Lauren. Kristen, thanks so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Oh, I love it. And uh, as I shared with you, I think uh, before we actually connected today is that I actually hope to in the future do some adventure retreats with women, not so much being the hiking guide, but just more get women in, in a communal setting like that. So it, this is really near and dear to my heart. And I, and I love what you're doing with that, to help women. Yes. Well, thank you. I, I love getting women together. I think, I mean, like you, like you shared in my bio, I think powerful things happen when women get together and just support each other in community. It's just, it's one of the coolest things. I so agree. So can you start off with telling us a little bit about What's life look like and how did you step into this from being, you're still a full-time nurse and yet you have this whole other venture that you're, that you're doing. Yes. Yeah. So we'll uh, work backwards a little bit. I'm, I am a full-time nurse. I live right near Bozeman, Montana, which thanks to the show Yellowstone, everyone knows where that's at. <laughs> um, and so I love it. I love it out here, but I was not born in Montana. I was born and raised in Ohio. Um, I tell people kind of jokingly, I think I was born in the wrong state because my family would vacation out West. And once I saw mountains, I was a goner, you know, we don't have mountains back in Ohio. And so, um, I was like, oh man, it just always stuck in my head. Like I'm going to be back to these mountains. So, um, but grew up in Ohio, great childhood, 
was raised by two wonderful parents. And my junior year of college, you know, everything, everything went fine. I had like a picture perfect childhood, nothing to tell you about until my junior year of college. Um, I was actually out in Montana working at a summer camp and I got a phone call from my dad and he said, I need you to sit down. Um, something very horrible has happened and, um, mom died. That's all. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Um, and he said, yep, she was taking a walk on our street. We live in the country. Uh, she was taking her nightly walk, which she's done my entire childhood and a teenage kid who was drunk and high hit her and killed her immediately. And so he said, I, I have a plane ticket for you. You, you need to come home tomorrow. So from then on, my life changed. Um, you know, that was not something that I had in my expectations of how my life was going to look. Um, and I was in nursing school at the time. And so I finished my nursing school by the grace of God and some very kind teachers, um, finished nursing school and just was launched into a new normal that was not welcome or um, I wasn't happy about. And it it just kind of started off, you know, a couple of years of just grieving and trying to deal with um, just the circumstances that I was handed. I, I went through a couple of years of being extremely angry and making some really, you know, destructive decisions, um, got into alcohol pretty good and the whole party scene. And um, I remember I I started travel nursing and I was sitting in my apartment hungover on my floor um, on a Sunday morning. And I was just like, what am I doing with my life? Like I'm, I'm not going anywhere. It's just this meaningless circle of parties and being angry and going from travel assignment to travel assignment. Um, And my parents, my parents, I grew up in the church. So I'm, I'm a person of faith that, you know, I have a relationship with God and um, I just remember, and I was angry with him for three years and wanted nothing to do with him. And I remember on sitting on that floor being like, since I've walked away from God, my life has not gotten any better. In fact, it's gotten so much worse. And I just, I think I need to get back in relationship with him. So slowly started to strengthen my relationship with him again. Um, and then I moved to Montana and I was on speaking terms with him again and, and going back to church and all of that and just really healing and, and letting him help heal me. And a nature was a huge part of that. So I would go hiking in the woods or go on backpacking trips. And that was the time where I could just unplug. I could clearly process things. Um, I journal a lot so I could journal all my thoughts and feelings. It was just a really safe place to just be unfiltered. Um, And so I would say a lot of my healing happened in the mountains and in his nature. And, um, you know, fast forward, I live in I've lived in Montana seven years. And this past year, I felt that he was calling me to start a business that takes women backpacking because that's not readily available for a lot of women. There's a lot of fear surrounding, you know, getting out and doing something like that. And so, um, so he, he was just like, you need to take women for a walk in the woods and teach them how to backpack and, and bring them into my nature so that I can 
I can speak to them in the way that they need. Um, I can build community. And um, so that's what, that's kind of the story behind Mo Mountains. And it's named after my mom. Um, Maureen was her name. And so her nickname was Mo. So my, my business is named in honor of my mom. So. Oh my go. gosh. Well, thank you. First of all, for sharing that, you know, that personal story. I mean, it's just, uh, that's so, of course, that's so traumatic, right? You know, losing your parents, especially at that age. And, um, I just love that, you know, you found this healing space in nature and in the woods and then, you know, it became, you birthed this business, you know, and, and kind of an honor to your mom and also to the place where, where you were really able to heal the most. And so, first of all, that's just amazing. So I love that you, you were brave enough to step into it first. Of all. That's just wonderful. But you said so many things that are so relevant. And so I think the first thing is, is you're right. I think as women or a lot of women, we seem to have more, um, this feeling like, I don't know if I can, or being a little afraid, like, well, it might be unsafe in the woods, right. Or something might be unsafe because most of our lives as women, there has been messages. I think said to us, make sure you're watching when you go to your car, make sure. And I'm not saying those aren't good things to do. We should be safe and we should be aware of our surroundings. But I think those messages also maybe planted more fear in us and more worry than maybe men typically have for themselves, right? You know, men typically could be stronger than us. And so we worry once again, what if you come across a stranger, right? In the woods. Mm -hmm. So what what can you tell me about how did you get over or did you ever feel like, oh, I'm not sure I can do this hike or I don't know that I would go by myself or with just other women. So wh- what would you just tell me and others about that feeling and how you overcame it or how other women that are going with you overcame it, that worry? Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the best things that I I could do to help calm that fear is there's safety in numbers. And so, um, you know, for when I first moved to Montana, I was, I didn't know anybody, so I would go by myself. Um, so having, having something that helps you feel protected. So like for me, that was bear spray, you know, sometimes a bear spray isn't for bears. Right. And so and I've never had to use it. Let me just, let me just say that. Like, but you know, so being smart and, and trying to not let fear overwhelm you, but then also being alert of your surroundings and arming yourself with something that can help calm some fears. So like for me, that was bear spray. Um, and then I would let a coworker know like, Hey, I'm going here. If you don't hear from me by this time, please send help, you know, taking small steps like that. If you absolutely are by yourself, but then I think one of the coolest things is, is just finding somebody who enjoys the same things that you do and being like, Hey, do you want to go on this hike and you might have to be persistent and it's hard to line up adult schedules. But I think that's one of the gifts that I was given is I'm, I'm a person who perseveres. And so I would just keep reaching out. Okay. She can't do it. What about this person? What about this person? And just, you know, and, and having people to do things with is, is really comforting. Mm -hmm. Um, Just not having to be alone is so, so important. And I don't think that we are created to do this life alone. Absolutely. So, yeah. And so let's talk about community for a little bit. Uh, you know, first of all, I hundred percent agree with you. We were definitely designed and built for community, you know, all humans, but especially women, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just in our nature. 
uh, you know, we were drawn to it, you know, to conversation, you know, sitting in a circle, whether it's around a dining room table or a fire or whatever it might be. And so, you know, I have lots of friends. I spend a lot of time and effort putting effort into my friendships because I know how valuable they are and I know they're important. And when you find good people that you can trust and you can do things with, you can count on that that's a really special thing. And so what just have you learned with going on these um, groups, you know, hiking and just in your own life about community? Because, you know, I talk to some women and they say, you know, they, they have a hard time making a female, especially or adult female connections, you know, especially like as you change seasons of life, like whatever's going on with you. So have you noticed or any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And I get I get having friends in different seasons and just real quick example, we don't have kids. And I'm and I'm almost 36. So by now, most of my friends have kids. And so it's like we've kind of had to adjust, you know, some some friend groups and go out and make new friends. One of the most effective things that I've actually done, and this has happened multiple times is I'll intentionally pray for a friend. This has happened three different times. Um, the first time was in college and I was just surrounded by people, but still lonely. And I was like, God, give me that one friend, that one really good friend. Uh, and he brought my next roommate into my life. And to this day, we're still really good friends. The, the next time was when I moved here to Montana. I didn't know anybody. And again, I started praying and I felt like he was asking me, like he was like, ask me for it. And so I started praying intentionally, God, bring me that friend. And he brought in one of my all time best friends and she ended up moving away, but we still every day talk. And so it was again, recent, the last couple months, I was like feeling lonely again. And I'm looking around, everyone's in a different phase of life. And so I'm like, God, bring me a friend. And it was so cool. He just brought in another friend um, and she is in the same stage of life as me, same age. And I met her hiking (laughs) and it was a random like God story because he wants us. He wants us in community and he wants us to have friends. And so I would just encourage like step one, pray for it and pray for it until you get it and just be, you know, persistent in that. And then the other thing I would say is just you be, you be the leader to initiate things yeah. because everyone's always waiting for somebody else to do it. And so you be the one to text those people over and over and over again, call those people over and over. Hey, does this date work? Does this date work? And, and just don't, don't take things personally because people are so busy. Um, so when they say no over and over and over again, that can, that can hurt a little bit, but you know, it's just your, your perseverance pays off and it is such a gift to have those couple friends who they, they honestly, they can change your life. So yeah. That's what no, I love, I love that you shared that. And I so agree. And I even have, so for instance, locally, I have lots of friends and obviously different layers of friends, you know, but same thing. Some of those have, have been my friends for 20 years. Some I met eight years ago or more recent, right. But it's like, I was open to having another friendship because I knew it was a different type of friendship, or maybe I do different things with them. But even mm-hmm. some of the people I've met online, like I'm in groups with, or, you know, different things like that, or at events, some of them have become very close to me. Like you said, we do a monthly call, but we talk more about, you know, um, building a business or ministry or things. And, but it's so powerful. Like our, I had a call with two of the women yesterday, but I had to be open to that. And it didn't start off on day one that you're the closest friends with them, but it's that you show up and you keep 
investing time or energy into some of this. And I think that's the other thing people forget is actually there's a book over here. It might be find your people, but it's basically there's data in there and there's studies that say how long it takes to make just an acquaintance. And then how long an acquaintance goes from an acquaintance to a friend and then a friend to a best friend. Not that we have to use the word best friend, but, but it takes time and hours. In other words, it's just like investing it. If you're married or you have children, the more time we invest, the deeper or more intimate, you know, meaningful the relationship will be. And so I think some people think, oh, well, I invited them one time or we only went to coffee one time. Great. Keep finding times or ways over time to do stuff with them. And I think some people, they give up before they really put in the time to have a closer friend, you know, and I get it. Somebody maybe isn't meant to be your close, close friend. They're just meant to be a acquaintance friend. And that's okay too. But I love the, the ideas that you shared because I think it's, they're both so important what you said. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. You said find your people. I was going to, I have that book right there. Um, and I did, I did a Bible study with some girls on that book and that, that was an incredible book. So for anybody who wants to really, anyone who needs to be encouraged about, you know, finding your people, that book by Jenny Allen, it's great. Yeah. And we did a Bible study on it and I loved it because I loved how she, she shares like scientific data, but then also like what scripture says and what God wants for us. And they just, of course, like always mesh so well, um, but yeah, there's a, there's a few points in there that I really took home. And one of them was like, be persistent and you be the one who, who takes the initiative. Like that was probably one of the biggest takeaways from that book. Absolutely. I so agree with you. And, yeah. and you're not, you're so right as well as I have certain friends that they'll, luckily they even say this, like keep inviting me, even if I can't come 90% of the time, like one, I, it makes them feel valued that they were still invited. And that you yeah. didn't forget that they're already your friend, but they just, they're in a time where maybe things are just crazy, their schedule or, you know, whatever's going on in their life, right? Their marriage or if they have kids, whatever the thing is. And so, you know, I have so many friends, lucky they say those things, right? Like, just keep inviting me. I'll, I'll come if I can. I just don't know if I can. Like, I have one friend, they've gone through different health challenges and different things. So it's like, or some people, right, with chronic, chronic health issues, they never know, depending on what's going on, when they're going to want to do something or feel up to it or not. And so once again, just like you said, be persistent and don't get your feelings hurt. Unless someone gives you reason to not trust them or reason to whatever, then that's a different issue. But yeah. if it's that they've been a good, you know, becoming a good friend to you, then just believe them for what they tell you, right? Like actually believe what they tell you. Yes. Yeah. And that's a good point to remember too, because I, I do have like one friend who keeps saying that, but the majority don't say keep inviting me. And so sometimes right. I feel like I'm bugging people, Right. but but the one who said like, I want to be invited. And what, one of my friends actually told me like, I feel so honored that you invite me. And I was yeah. like, Oh good. Cause I felt like I was bugging you. Right. So I was blowing up your phone over and over, but she was like, no, I feel like so special that you invited me. So that's a lot of times what people are thinking, but the majority of them, I don't think say that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's important to just have the conversations when we can. So for instance, I have another friend, she rarely goes to the evening events. I mean, on occasion she does, but she's going to tell you nine out of 10 times I'm already in my PJs and I, I'm just, she's not like a go out at night kind of person so much. She's like, I still like to know I'm invited on the, on the off chance I come, you know, but yeah. I think sometimes it's having the conversation with somebody like, Hey, I know you seems like you've been busy the last many times I invited you. You know, I just mm -hmm. want to know, do you still, do you want me to, to reach out and ask you, you know, if you really aren't sure, just ask, you know, because I think sometimes we, we just don't say the things, you know, and yeah. it's like, we, hopefully if we're 
becoming friends with these people, we can just say the thing or ask the question, you know, and, and then yeah. they can say, oh my gosh, no, I still want to come. I just really can't, right? Like, this is not working for me. So Yeah, totally. So good. So why don't you um, talk to us a little bit about uh, nature and just what, what do these women discover when they spend time in nature? And then also, as we know, when you're hiking, it can be pretty challenging if your body's not used to doing that or you don't know what the weather's going to do. So maybe talk to us about what happens in nature. What do these women discover? And then what happens when they are challenged? Maybe they're physically just exhausted on these hikes, but then at the end of it, kind of what, what transformation do they see? Yeah. Oh, that is one of my favorite parts of the business that I started is getting to see these women and the things that they walk away with. Everyone walks away with something a little bit different. Um, you know, some women, they just need to know that they're not alone and there's community. And so some of them get kindness all weekend and they just, their, their cup gets filled up with, because women, especially on my trips, everyone's kind. I, I kind of try to screen people. And if I feel like you don't play well with others, like you're not, you're not invited. Right. And there hasn't been, there hasn't been anyone where I've been like, but, but I, I set the precedent night one, you know, there's going to be minimal complaining. Like there are going to be hard times and there are going to be challenges, but like, honestly, I love those times because just talking about, you know, what women walk away with, there always is a part where the trail gets real hard. The sun is beaten down real aggressively and your pack gets really heavy. And so, you know, just the, my favorite thing is the women always come together and they encourage each other. And, you know, that they're like, you know, there was one lady we had, she was 60 years old and she went on this really hard hike. And so everyone was just like coming around her and not, not making her feel bad that she was in the back, but being like, you got this, come on, like one more step, like let's do it together. So they really come alongside each other and, and encourage each other. And I noticed at the end of my trips, the women all walk a little taller and they're all a little bit more confident in you know, I made it up that mountain and I carried everything I needed to survive on my back by myself. And I did it. Um, you know, sometimes they, they learn a new skill. So, you know, we'll, we'll teach them how to start a fire or start your stove to make your meal, you know, so, so they, they love having those new skills. And then some of them, I mean, some of them just need to rest and some of them are just like on the hamster wheel of life and they can't get off. And this is their time to intentionally just unplug. Um, you know, I've had women bring fishing poles and just disconnect and go fishing and just let let themselves process things. So rest, rest is a huge thing that I've seen women um, get from these trips. And just, I mean, there's so much laughter on our trips and it's just so fun because this is such a weird thing that like, yeah, this is not something that you usually do during your week. And there's different situations and, you know, things to get deal with in the mountains. And so um, we are just always laughing. You know, we always walk away with inside jokes and stories. And, um, you know, one one of my groups wanted to make T-shirts when they got back with like saying that we were all saying all weekend. And, oh, there's just so many wonderful things that happen that that we come away with. And and every group's a little bit different. So it's been really fun to see. I love it. So let's talk about, uh, yeah, I love the quote by um, Paul Coelho that says, if you think adventure is dangerous, try routine, it's lethal. 
Mm. And what would you just say to people that, you know, look, a lot of people, it's easy to get stuck in our day in and day out, right? Yep. Commitments, you know, work, work, first of all, scheduled work commitments, family obligations, you know, all the things we have to do to run, you know, your house, just everything, right? Pets. And so it can be really easy to get stuck in that, you know, and then start feeling worn out, start feeling uh, uninspired, just allowing stress to build. Um, one thing I saw was it's better to take two weeks of vacation or lots of long weekend breaks than it is to take, think that you're going to store up all the craziness of your life for one week of vacation. Like it's just not healthy, they say, but yet in the U.S. that's typically what a lot of people do. So what would you just say to people that maybe they're stuck in that rat race, right? They're stuck in the hustle and bustle. And so how do we step out of that more often and into nature getting out versus moving our bodies? Yeah. Oh, I have a couple, I have a couple, couple thoughts of, of, uh, routes that I can go. But I mean, the, the first thing is like, you have to be aware of what you're feeling and like the degree of burnout that you're feeling. And so, you know, just being aware of like what your body needs and praying for wisdom about God, what do you want? Because he's ultimately the one who said he wants us to live life and live it to the full and living burned out, you know, burning the candle at both ends is not what he had in mind. And so he's a good father and he wants to give you good gifts. And so like, I would say, starting with him and saying, God, what do you want from me? What does my body need? And then really being quiet and listening and then making a plan with actionable steps, whether that's, okay, he wants me to take a, a 30 minute walk around my neighborhood on my lunch break, um, you know, getting outside that way. Or I listened to this sermon once and he was talking about goals and changing your life direction and all that. And he said, you know, a lot of times we make all these goals, especially, you know, this is after New Year. So like goals are like big, yeah. you know, big buzzword right now. And he said, you need to make goals that are too small to fail. So like a lot of times it can be so overwhelming to be like, okay, I need to like take this adventure to Alaska. And it's like, well, no, let's, let's start by like, what can you do to strengthen your body right now? That's too small to fail. So like 30 minute walk. Okay. Once you get that down, what's the next thing that you can add? It's like, okay, gym membership. Like I need to start lifting weights to strengthen my body so that I can carry this backpack. And so just breaking it down into less overwhelming, you know, bite-sized pieces, and then just bringing back in, you know, the idea of community and getting a girlfriend to do it with, you know, there's, they've done so many studies that your success rate is, is so much bigger when you do something with somebody and have accountability in that. And so grabbing another friend who's just like, I need, I need a different direction too. And doing that along with them. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I just did an episode uh, at the end of last year, or the beginning of this year, you know, on micro changes, same thing, because, you know, that's where we have the most success because, you know, I think now are they saying it takes like 66 days to create a habit you know, or to get a habit to stick, but mm-hmm. micro changes, like you said, if you have the intention and you know why you want the thing, like I want to move right. Or I want to be stressed. Yeah. And you just, you just set something that you know you can accomplish because you build on it, right? That's the whole point. Some of us, the reason we all quit the gyms in January, if you start, is because you try to do too much too quick. Mm-hmm. Either you're getting up and it's just not working because you're getting up two hours early, or you're trying to do an hour of working out and you've done, been doing none, right? And mm-hmm. so that's why it's like, just like you said, do something bite-sized and then start maintaining that. And 
to it, you know? And so that's the same for me. That's what I find has been very successful for me, you know, whether it's physically moving or business goals, but it's those small little things. And then you feel you have those small wins, right? Like when you have small wins, you're more excited to keep doing the activity or the, to hit the goal. And so I think that that's uh, so smart and absolutely having someone to do something with or an accountability partner. You know, so every weekend, even I mean, sometimes during the week, I walk with girlfriends, but there's some days I walk by myself either because I want to think or the timing doesn't work out, especially in the winter because of how dark it is, or I want to listen to the podcast. But a lot of times, really because at night, a lot of them don't get home until it's dark. And whereas I work from home, so I have more flexibility. But if I can't walk with them during the week, all, every weekend, I text a group of girlfriends and say, hey, who can walk? I'm pretty open in, in these hours. And almost every weekend, you know, hour, hour and a half you know, yeah. sometimes longer, but it's just kind of the same. I don't ever know who it's going to be or who can come or if anybody can come, but I just put the text out every weekend and say, okay, I'm going longer if I'm with someone else. Because when I walk by myself, I don't go for an hour, hour and a half. I go less. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think the same thing. And again, it's just like that, that idea of putting yourself out there and being the first one. I put together a women's hiking group here just in my town and how I did that. And, and it takes, it takes some courage. And it takes, you know, you feel kind of awkward. But what I did was I literally went on Facebook and I I was part of this, you know, outdoors group on Facebook. And I just scrolled through and looked at women. Okay, she looks like, you know, someone who might be interested in a hiking group. So I just voice memoed her an invite and I acknowledged that this is weird. And I said, I hope you don't think I'm like, you know, being a weirdo, but like, I just saw you. It seems like you're really outdoorsy. Would you be interested in joining my women's hiking group? And I have like 86 some women, most of who I haven't even hiked with yet and haven't even met. But now it's this community where when anybody is going to hike, they throw it in the chat and yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I can't. And and it's like, it's just, again, putting yourself out there and just grabbing that like little ounce of courage that you have to just to do something and get out of your comfort zone. It's very rewarding. Absolutely. I think they say what it only takes a minute of courage, right? In other words, if we can just muster up the courage for one minute to, like you said, to say, hey, would you want to grab coffee? You know, or hey, do you want to be part of this new hiking group? Whatever it is, right? Whatever your interests are. And so, but like you said, someone has to be the starter. Someone has to be the person that's willing to, you know, put their hand out, you know, or say hello or you know, whatever, or I love your sweater, you know, where'd you get it? I love shopping, you know, whatever your thing is, you know, so. And just like little practical, like when I first started doing that, I was terrified. And so you know, laugh, I was like in this room, like jumping up and down, like trying to get my energy up and like, okay, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to message five people. Okay, here I go. And so like, sometimes I would have to take like extra caffeine that morning just to pump myself up to like get over myself and get over my fear. And so like putting in like little practical things too, and knowing that you're supposed to be nervous about this is weird. It's weird that you're reaching out to complete strangers. Um, so giving yourself some grace in that and and doing, using some tools that you have at home, you Absolutely. know, helping give you some courage. Absolutely. Well, and sometimes it's just, it's much like deciding to step out of our comfort zone and maybe go on a women's hike or do something else. Doing that, like inviting people in, which I talk about a lot, like wealth, like wealth of people inviting them in, it is a muscle that we have to use. So the more we use it, the more it gets easier. I don't mean there's never discomfort, but it gets easier to step through that moment of discomfort to talk to somebody or to invite them to something. 
once we do it. The more we do it, it's a muscle. It just gets used more. And you realize that normally the end result is positive or neutral. Like it's not normally something bad. And so it's once you start realizing that, you realize it's it's usually going to be a win-win or at least a you tried and it might not be interested. Yes, yes. That's bringing to mind a, a book that I read that I think is one of my all-time favorite books. It's called Rejection Proof. Mm-hmm. And I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. Oh my gosh. That's going to be a book that I read every year because he talks about, he did a hundred days. I, I can't say his name. He, it's a, it's an Asian gentleman and I can't say his name, but um, he, he did a hundred day challenge of getting rejected for a hundred days in a row. And he studied like your physiological response to rejection and um, you know, all, all of that. And, and it is one of the best books mm-hmm. uh, that I've read. And he was just going, you know, into when you get rejected 90 some percent of the time, it's not because of you. It's because of what they have going on on their right. side. And um, you know, just what you're talking about, like building that muscle and like, sometimes we have to like retrain our brain to be yes. okay with hearing a no or doing things that are scary and realizing like telling our brain, like you are not going to die if these people, you know, ghost you or, don't respond or say something even rude. You know, I've gotten that. I've gotten yeah. people saying something rude and people thinking that I'm a scammer and things like that. So um, that is one of the best books I've read. That's rejection. awesome. I'll check it out. Well, yeah. And, and just on that point, I mean, there's so many examples of people who, you know, even maybe in their, their business life, have had crazy success, but it was after a hundred, five hundred, a thousand knows like Jack Canfield, who was one of the creators of Chicken Soup for the Soul series and lots of other series. Mm-hmm. I forget, but his first book, I don't know if it was Success Principles. No, it was for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Um, but it's in Success Principles, this comment. But he says it took him something like 76 rejections from publishers before somebody said yes. And so to your point, there's lots of examples of that is that we have to be okay with people saying no or I'm not interested. But if we have the right intention, meaning that we're stepping into something and we know our intention is good, then it's okay, regardless of what they're at, they say to us. And so that's the part we have to remember too. Like, like you yeah. said, if God's saying to us, like, yes, reach out to this person or like start this community, then it's okay. Like, just keep doing it because you know, your intention is right, you know, and you're, it's, you have good intentions, basically. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So any just uh, last thoughts that you'd have just encourage people and, you know, stepping out of their comfort zone or just stepping out of routine and just um, really living life to the fullest, because I 100% align with you. And I say often that, you know, basically God's calling us to a life of adventure. You know, he's not calling us to a life of mundane. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I would say, I mean, it can be so overwhelming, kind of like what we were talking about before, when you look at the whole thing of like, let's just take an example, going backpacking to Alaska, like that's so overwhelming, but just breaking it down and taking those baby steps. Okay. What do I need to do next? Like just focusing on what is the next right thing for me to do to bring health, um, you know, to bring more balance. Um, so just breaking it down into bite-sized pieces is, is huge. And it just takes the overwhelm out of it. Um, and then surrounding yourself, surrounding yourself with women that you want to be like, that you respect, um, you know, that, that you look up to and you value what they say. I, I had to kind of do a couple of years ago, I kind of had to do, um, you know, a deep clean of, of my friends and just 
look at them and, and be like, okay, because you know you're what do they say? You're you're the average of the five people that you spend time with, yeah. and like that. And I didn't like the five people that I was consistently hanging out. I didn't I didn't respect their lives. I didn't. My life wasn't going like in a, in a positive direction. I and I had to totally just kind of change some of the people who were in my circles. And that's hard and that takes time. Um, so that might be another thing too, is just be patient because all of these important things take time and they take perseverance. Um, and then third, I would just say, which, I mean, you should always start with this one is just touch base with God and just start with him and just say, what do you want for my life? Because he wants so much more for you than you want for yourself. And he has such bigger dreams than you could ever imagine. And um, I truly believe that he, he has just such, he has such good things for us. And we are living on such a small scale when we're just busy and we're so stuck on that hamster wheel. And so just building your foundation and starting with firming up your relationship with him and being like, what do you have for me, God? What are the dreams that are in your heart for me? And what do I need to take away so that I can more easily focus on on what you have for me? Because it's better than what you've got for yourself. I, I know that for sure. Mm. No. Oh, so said so well. I love it. It's so good. Okay. So Lauren, can you tell us how can people connect with you and learn more about Mo Mountains and, you know, if they're interested in, in checking out your programs? Yes. So uh, I do have a website for Mo Mountains. So it's just momountains.com and Mo is M-O-E. So momountains.com. Um, if you go on there, you know, there's a couple different ways to stay connected. I have I have a button to click on there where it's like, I'm interested, but I don't know. So if you click that, that would be the, the best place to start because over the course of the next couple of weeks, you'll just get an, a weekly email of like, okay, here's how our trips go. Here's what you can expect. Here's the itinerary. Um, you know, here's, here's how we're going to prep you physically. Uh, you know, so it, it just lays out step-by-step what you can expect. And because backpacking is not for everybody. I don't, I, right. I, I love it. I think it's the best, but I, I know it's not everybody's for everybody. Right. So website would be the best place. I'm also very active on social media. So there's a Mo Mountains social media and it's just at Mo Mountains. You can follow my personal too, because I'll share everything that Mo Mountains does. So I'm just on there as Lauren Hostetler. Well, Lauren, thank you for taking the time to join us today and just sharing so much encouragement with us and just uh, good ideas for us to think about in our own lives. Like you said, everything from being willing to get, you know, to extend an invitation to pruning the things in our lives and just being willing to try new things, you know, and just allow God to do even bigger things in our life because we're willing to say yes. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Kristen, for having me. I really appreciate just the opportunity you've given me to, to share with your audience. Thanks. Oh, thank you. And I just wanted to end this episode uh, with some words from Bob Goff and his book, Dream Big. But the reason I want to share them is there might be some of you listening to this episode and thinking, wow, I so want to be brave enough to go hike in the woods, you know, on a, on a solo trip or with a few people, you know, you might be wanting to start a side business. It's been on your heart or step into something else like ministry or just take the trip of a lifetime. 
And here is what Bob says. And I think it's, it speaks to my heart and it might speak to yours too. Can we look each other in the eye through these pages and say, no more doing what merely occupies, entertains, and numbs us. It's time to go after your dreams, your faith, and your ambitions with gusto. It's simply time. You know it. I know it. The people who love us know it. Let's stop deferring, ignoring, and screwing around, distracting ourselves with things that won't really matter next week, much less in our next life. Let's instead throw our efforts and emotional weight into those ambitions which will outlast us and leave all the rest behind. So friends, I hope this podcast episode and Lauren's story and journey have inspired you to step into everything that God has for you. Thanks again for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts so that more people can discover the show and connect to our community. 